0: Hey, this is Christy Majors from Pretty Boy Floyd and you're listening to Iron City Rock. Hi, this is Liv from Sister Sin and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. What's happening people? This is Tommy with the band Nasty Habit and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Turn it up oh!
1: Hello and welcome to episode 270 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 270, we're joined by two special guests uh, that have kind of one thing in common. Uh, They're both uh, relatively young men and they both make great rock music. But other than that, I think that's kind of where the comparison ends. We have joining us from two cellos, Stefan Hauser. Uh, which we will uh, talk all about here in just a moment. We also have from the band Nasty Habits, uh very young man, uh, Tommy Enda. Uh, they'll be coming into Pittsburgh on June 5th to do a show at the Hard Rock Cafe, so we wanted to introduce you to that band as well. So, first, let's tar- start with Two Cellos. Two Cellos um, is a band you may not have heard of. Uh, you may have. Uh, they were on Glee. I doubt many of our audience listens to, uh, or watches the show Glee, but. Uh, they become quite an international sensation uh, The two gentlemen in the band uh, perform rock and a lot of modern rock hits on cello uh... so uh, they're touring europe uh, japan all over the world they had to cancel the u.s. tour they had originally planned for 2015 uh... but they promised to be back in 2016 so we wanted to give you a taste of them so let's start off we're going to play a track from two cellos this is thunderstruck and then we're going to talk to stefan hauser We have Stefan Hauser on the line. How are you doing Stefan?
2: Great.
1: Well, I guess I want to start with obviously Two Cellos has become quite an international uh sensation and I was curious you were a classical musician prior to this phenomenon. What what kind of sparked the idea to get into doing uh you know modern pop rock music for you guys?
2: We had so much ideas inside of us, And we felt our creativity was limited by playing just one kind of music, so we wanted to expand. And we always liked different kinds of music, you know. Rock, pop, film music, uh, so much we we were passionate about. And uh, also cello is an instant. You can use it in so many different ways. So we felt we should take advantage of it and attract wider larger audience.
1: Now, when, when you were doing this kind of music, um... For those outside of the world of classical music, uh, is it, I guess, you know, fans of rock, metal, music like that, kind of figure the people in classical music probably look look down upon or think less of this type of music. Was that your impression? Uh, did, did people, did you get any kind of grief, uh, you know, from those inside the classical world when you started playing ACDC and U2 and things like that?
2: Uh, not really, because uh, what we did, it was like we... Uh, expanded possibilities of cello and we used it the things we play, our arrangements that we play are extremely challenging and hard to play Mm -hmm. because we do it only on two instruments and we have to create the full sound on just two instruments and we have to use we have to be really skillful in order to do this kind of stuff so
1: Is there anything in particular when you're looking at material and arrangements to to produce these songs, is there anything in particular you listen for um or do you basically just pick a song that you guys you know enjoy the melody to or, or you know you think will work yeah. in that context and and uh, how do you go about you know arranging a piece for the cello?
2: We have to like the song, and also it has to be suitable on the cello. It needs to have certain melody or a riff that you can recreate on cello, so if there is a beautiful melody. It's a big possibility. It's gonna sound even more beautiful on cello because cello is such a melodic instrument, and also mm-hmm. it can sound very powerful as well, mm-hmm. and aggressive, which is perfect for these rock song songs.
1: Yeah. Now the um, now, were you, um, you know, growing up as a musician? Did you play other instruments other than the cello?
2: Not really. No, we dedicated our whole life to the cello. I can play piano and guitar Just for fun But not serious
1: Right um, Do you find I know in, in the United States You know It certainly becomes more and Less and less I should say Focus on musical education Uh You, yeah. you grew up in Croatia If I'm not mistaken Is the yeah. folk? Do people still value that Education in your country? it's
2: really No, no It's a big problem everywhere I mean No one really pays attention It's just
1: yeah, I mean that—that's what kind of struck me is is interesting. You know, you see a lot of uh, of artists out there that you know play guitar, or you know, you'll see a lot of banjo playing and things like that. You know, uh, acoustic banjo covers of Metallica songs and things like that. But what struck yeah. me about this was he's such a challenging instrument and such a unique instrument for for you know relatively young men to be playing. Um, you know, that in itself is commendable. Um, yeah. Were you surprised by? the success that this is enjoyed
2: well this was our aim to we were like really going for it and we believed so strong in this project so we just worked so hard to to achieve all that and we had a vision we had a clear vision how we want to do it and which direction to go so it's like now we are living the dream it's amazing
1: yeah was it something you know that you the two of you shared the dream and then had to to really work to sell the idea to you know obviously you're with Sony uh, right now but or, no, no, or, no, no. Uh, was, did other people buy in kind of quickly
2: it happened straight away like we just met like we, we each individ- individually were building separate solo careers in classical mm-hmm. music but then we met in London I mean, we knew each other for our, since we were teenagers, but then we we met again in London. <laughs> yeah. We met in London as a student again, and then we, this idea was born, and as soon as we joined forces, everything just exploded so quickly, and it just took one video, and everything changed in our lives.
1: Oh, is it, I guess, one of the things that, you know, I think of, of you know, we talk to a lot of guitarists, and, and guitarists tend to, be very egotistical about their own playing uh, to be quite frank when when you were a musician and before the two of you kind of hatched this idea uh, did you guys get along did you audition for different you know positions and things like that against each other was there a, a bit of a rivalry or yeah you know?
2: yeah yeah there was but it was like healthy those you we were also friends at the same time yeah and which is actually good because we push it to, to, to play better you know
3: and
2: mm-hmm. makes a to the limits, it's great. You yeah. can still feel yeah. in, in the, the tension, which helps us to to, go in, uh, reach higher goals.
1: Now, do you um do you guys have like when you when you take a song, do you work collectively on the arrangements, or do do one of you take a you know a, take a Muse song and you go work on it, and he takes a ac song and works on that, or how do you? Do you collaborate On those arrangements Or how? Yeah is I mean
2: we, It's quick process. We just hear the song And we have A basic idea of What we want to do And then we just Are jamming And see what What to do And just Then so. we're together We find a way
1: Now Um you guys had had a tour of the, of the states. That obviously, um, you had some health issues that, that precluded that from happening. Do you do you yeah, have yeah. plans later on in the year or in 2016 to come back over to the states? Yeah, yeah, yeah. next year in February we're going to do the big tour again. Yeah, I mean it's it's astounding to see you know um, you know the venues and you know your tour itinerary is every corner of the globe, which is fascinating and it's great to see yeah, yeah. Um, how big. Of a, of a launching point was your performance on Glee I mean was that you know one day you're kind of in anonymity and the next minute it's blowing up or, or what was that process like
2: yeah it was amazing I mean, this is perfect platform for us and the, the target you know mm-hmm. I mean, because this are the everyone is watching this like teenagers falling to music and this is where we want to reach and introduce them to
1: Itself, and, you know,
2: yeah. The possibilities of as
1: well. That's one of the things I think that's really, really interesting about this. You'll see, I I know as I mentioned earlier, you'll see a lot of like banjo arrangements and things like that for, for different yeah, songs. Yeah. But they're not instruments that I think a lot of people have exposure to. You know, there are many children sadly all over the world, many adults sadly all over the world that have never seen an orchestra or a string ensemble yeah perform so it's fantastic uh to give it the accessibility of songs that people know and love uh, yes. well yes. well exposing them now do you do you have do you still pursue interest outside of of the uh or even have time to do music outside of the, the you know the albums that you're doing and the tour you're doing do you have time to continue to work with classical uh ensembles
2: yeah actually now we're soon we're having Two concerts in Croatia, only classical music, and in Japan as well. The whole playing with orchestra, the whole evening classical music. It's so. good. It's important for us to to nurture this side as well because this is where we come from. Our roots are in classical music, so it will be only part of
1: us. Mm-hmm. So it's important for us to keep.
2: This is what separates us from all the other acts. You know.
1: Right yeah and i imagine that's not something you want to you know if you get too too far into one of you you know we certainly don't want to lose the classical roots i'm sure that you've put so much time and effort into obtaining those. well stefan i want i want to thank you uh, again uh, two cellos you've got a three records out now available on sony uh all uh, fantastic records and we look forward to seeing you when you get stateside in 2016 then right thank you so much all right you take care and thank you so much thank you all the best Slipknot. Summer's Last
3: Stand Tour. August 6th, First Niagara Pavilion. With special guests, the Lamb of God. Born for my Valentine and motionless in white. Tickets on sale now. At all Ticketmaster locations online at LiveNation.com or call 800
1: 745 3000. All right, again a big thanks to Stefan Hauser, the band Two Cello's. You can find more information on those guys at twocellos.com. Uh, they've got three albums out now: their debut, Two Cello's, Intuition, and Celloverse, which is the 2015 release, all on Sony Classical. Again, they're touring Europe and uh, uh, the Far East uh, in 2015. Uh, vowed to return to the States in 2016, so it'd be kind of cool to check that out if you enjoy their music. I'm going to turn our attention now to a band of guys that uh, are in their early twenties the band is Nasty Habit. They'll be coming to Pittsburgh on June 5th but they are touring all over the place. You can check out their website for all the details Uh, these guys are playing music very reminiscent of what kind of ruled the airwaves in the late 80s and very early 90s sort of melodic uh, hair metal Uh, but do really do a kind of neat spin on it as we talk about in the interview Uh, you know it isn't just a rip-off of power chords like you heard Or you might expect, uh, and they're not doing a parody like you get from Steel Panther. So we're going to talk now to Tommy Enda of the band Nasty Habit. But first, here's their latest single, Turn Up the Radio.
3: Every day I wake up to the phone screaming in my ear. My jeans are on One sock is gone And my t-shirt disappears The only thing that keeps me hanging on
1: John, I'd like to welcome to Iron City Rocks from the band Nasty Habit. We have Tommy Endy on the line. How are you doing, Tommy? I'm excellent, man. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, came across a um, post a couple weeks ago. You guys are coming to the Hard Rock Cafe here in Pittsburgh to do a show. Um, was not familiar with the band, but became very, very uh, quickly educated on the band, and uh, we're now actually presenting the show uh, with a promoter. Uh, so it 's going to be a great night of some classic uh fun rock and roll uh and I guess the question I have you guys are all if i 'm not mistaken late teens early twenties, correct yes sir, yeah, and I guess the the obvious question is you guys weren 't alive when this kind of music was was at its height of popularity um what what kind of got you into this sort of music?
0: Well, it's funny. People always ask that, and they always go, your parents must have been so into it, right? And and it's funny because the answer is totally not even close. Um, My mom likes reggae and things like that. And uh, so I I would say I'd have to credit skateboarding for getting uh, my brother and I into this kind of music. And even in a funny way, um, do you remember that movie that came out in like the early 2000s called School of Rock?
1: Yeah. There you
0: go. Those two things
1: so that's that's excellent because yeah i mean you listen to this you know i i know um you know you take a guy like andy Biersack of the Blackwell brides whose father was very instrumental in you know kind of getting him into the kind of music that he listened to which then became the you know obviously the Blackwell brides and, and you're right you do kind of expect you know, you know mom and dad had the old rat records on or something but um that's excellent so am my correct was it your brother that kind of got the hook first and, and started in the guitar or um did you guys kind of discover it at the same time
0: uh, yeah, I would say it was my brother. The thing is, is when we were younger, my my mom went to us and said, "Okay, guys, time to pick an instrument." And uh, he picked guitar, and I picked drums. So, as you know, I'm not the drummer right now. Yes. Um. So you know that that went on for a bit, but um, two different lineup changes. We had a singer, and he quit, and we found a kid who played drums better than I did, and it just kind of it fit right together exactly as it as it should. Um, but yeah, Kenny Kenny was uh was playing since he's eight years old. So.
1: So you've got to yeah. got the the talent but what was it hard when when you and your brother decided you know we want to start putting a band together was it find a friend who plays an instrument and convince him to play this kind of music or did you put feelers out and say you know we're trying to do something I mean in in this day and age this is almost kind of you know I don't want to call it revolutionary but to play you know fun upbeat kind of rock and roll like this is so far from what you hear on the radio for the last 25 years I'm sure a lot of your peers you know weren't listening to this kind of music either was how did you approach putting the band together
0: yeah it was definitely interesting um, in that regard uh, Kenny and I have always shared like uh, a mutual vision for what we want our band to be and like you mentioned in this day you know finding a musician is a hard thing finding a musician who who believes in what you believe is an even harder one. Um so we were lucky enough to have our drummer, um who we found together uh through skateboarding, mm-hmm. just kind of like sort of come into it with us in a way. I mean we started playing together when we were um we weren't even old enough to drive cars yet. So uh yeah, so I it was cool he and I and uh and Kenny got to evolve together. But uh our bass player who we who we currently play with right now, mm-hmm. um I would say we kind of like recruited in a way. And uh he was almost more of a fan at first of the band, so it okay. worked out really conveniently um he was He was already on the same page but yeah. uh but yeah, it's definitely the kind of time period where you can't just expect the person that you get in the band to be everything you want and need them to be right. immediately you know you gotta you gotta see potential in people and things and yeah. and you know kind of think of the bigger picture and not like, "Oh well, he doesn't have this or he doesn't do this or he doesn't think this way so."
1: Yeah, I mean, when you think about this kind of, you know, the style of music, though, you know, you know, dare I say hair metal, you know, you need somebody who can harmonize, you know, you've got to have somebody that looks the part, obviously, you've got to have exactly stage persona. Who um,
0: can sing, who can play, who can dance, and who can look cool.
1: Right, yeah, Yeah. I mean, that really is, you know, and that was kind of the formula that worked 30 years ago. But, um, you know, it, it's it seems like, you know, for younger kids, a lot of the 80s, you know, the thrash metal, still very popular, you know. I mean, you see a lot of kids, you know, with the Pantera shirts and the Metallica shirts, but you right. don't You don't see a lot of Warrant T-shirts on kids uh, of that era. No, definitely know? not. But um, did a band like Steel Panther, you know, make this a little bit easier? Or have you seen a lot of comparisons? You know, obviously they're a bit of a parody in some respects. Yeah, you
0: know, it's, it's a really interesting... Um, There's a bit of good and bad to those guys. It's good because, you know, a lot of people... Are buying into it now because of them, but I think in a way they're buying into it in the wrong style.
1: Yeah, like you right. said,
0: it, it's just parody, it's tongue in cheek. It's not, it's not real. It's kind of like playing off of all the things that everybody was already poking fun at, anyways. Exactly. So in a sense, yeah, it can be. A, it can be a negative thing.
1: Yeah, um, I... But
0: in another sense, a lot of the fans tend to decide that they do like that kind of music after they start listening to it. So
1: yeah I mean you think of it, a lot of people kind of you know maybe their first exposure to you know a, a band like a warrant or, or rat was through the rock of ages or or through a band like steel panther but you know for some of us who are big fans of that kind of music Steel panther kind of touched a nerve you know where it's almost poking fun at the music while you know becoming a relatively successful touring act because of that kind of music so it's always been kind of an odd one for me to see their rise um, you know, with the type of material they do. Um, when you do shows, I mean, obviously outside of Rochester, where you, I'm sure you're drawing a lot of your friends. When you move to another market, what kind of audience do you see? Do you see a lot of uh, people your own age, or do you see you know old timers, or what kind of mix do you? Guys you know, in? it's
0: really interesting um, for us because there is almost never a consistency in that, in that regard. And I think what that does mean is that we do have a wide variety of, mm-hmm. uh, marketability. Um, but yeah, you can never pinpoint whether it's going to be, you know, a bunch of young kids who are really just like live and die for the, for the tunes. Um, or if it's going to be, you know, the, the older crowd who sees us and thinks, Oh my God, yeah. I never thought this would happen again.
3: Yeah. Um, it, it, so and it's, it's
0: cool. We have a, our youth makes us and our, our, um, our ability to take what's happening today and blend it into what happened in the, uh, you know, the the rock of yesterday, right. for lack of a better term, um, allows us to to kind of hit both markets, which I think is really nice and, and is going to be a strong point for us in our career.
1: Yeah, and one of the things that that I think is good is when you listen to uh, you know the guitar work and, and even the bass work, uh, it doesn't sound like you're trying to be a retro thing. When I listen to Kenny's playing, I hear riffs that, you know, I can hear some Dimebag and some other players outside of the C.C. C. DeVille's in his playing. You know, which I think gives it a you know, a kind of a fresh take. You know, you're not going yeah, back. Yeah, he
0: would he... love to hear that and it's cool because um, you know, as much as this is the style of music that we play, it's not mm-hmm. always the style that we listen to and for that reason we become a sort of uh, a melting pot of, of different influences and, and uh, you know, nobody there there's a there's a stage you go through in music where you know you're you're emulating you want to be the bands you love, and I'd like to say we're we're pretty far past that we just want to be ourselves, yes, yeah. we love a lot of bands, but um you know you take all the best things
1: yeah and and that's exactly it you know when you listen to it 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 does combine a lot of different elements, yes, it's melodic hard rock uh with a very eighties flavor to it, but it does have a lot of different things that make it unique it isn't like you know, if you went back and listened to a 1986 recording of an unsigned band you never heard of and compared it to your album, they don't sound the same. You know, your your album has a, right. a, a much more modern feel to it. So, um, Well, thank
0: you. That's, that's exactly what we wanted to hear.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad I could help. Um, you guys have um, the five-song EP, uh, which I know is on Spotify and Amazon. Um, do you have a full-length album, or is that is that a, the extent of what it's available right now from the band?
0: Yeah, as of right now, the uh, the five-song Desperate Times, Desperate Measures EP is the only thing out um, in about a week or so. We're going to be putting out a single okay. um, that we just wrote with, with a music video on it, and uh, there should be another EP to follow shortly after.
1: Cool. Now, when you do the the videos, I, I notice that, you know, watching the YouTube clips from you guys. Um, they have that kind of fun 80s sort of storylines to them. Do you guys, you know, kind of, are you students of that, or do you seek out directors who kind of, you know, know how to do this stuff, or do you say, you know, I want to make kind of a... It's, you know those kind of videos
0: yeah well you know with, with today's um the way today is it, it doesn't take any more than than you know five twenty-year-old kids to make something like that and uh it kind of blows people's minds in a sense but yeah all of those videos are, are self um self-directed self-produced um obviously we hire a camera guy because you know right. we're in front of a camera so sure. not much we can do on that end but uh but yeah everything else is us
1: you know that's interesting because I, I don't know how many times I've interviewed artists from you know the era of the '80s when they had the big production videos. You know, uh, George Lynch or, or somebody like that who will say, you know, we spent more money making the first the video for the first single than we did making the album. Um, you know, you know, a couple of kids uh, with some with some cool software can do uh, a product just as well, in some respects, even better than what we saw in the '80s. Um, so that's fantastic. Um, when when you guys do your set, um. With just the five songs Do you have a lot of Unrecorded material Or do you uh, Pull in some other people's Material to fill out The live set
0: Yeah we have We have um, A lot of stuff That we We had put out In our really early days um, That people still latch on to As you might have noticed Songs mm-hmm. like Hip Shaking Fox um, right. Start Your Stuff Right That we have music videos Out for Those aren't available Currently Okay um, So we play things like that We also like you mentioned We have tons of written stuff That um, we haven't Actually released yet right. And so we're playing On that as well We're we're not too keen to fill our set with a bunch of other people's material because you don't want to give people the wrong idea.
1: Right. Yeah, you don't want to be a cover band. Um, exactly. Ha- have you guys shopped the material around? To have you gotten much interest from labels? Or what, what, what is the impression you get from labels when they listen to you guys? Do they think of you as a novelty? Well, Do you get some serious feedback? We've,
0: we've had a few offers, um, serious ones, that is. But it just so happens that in today's, uh, you know, like musical business, Labels don't play the role that they used to play. Absolutely. And so, unless they have a plan, Mm -hmm. a serious plan, to take us and build us and push us and utilize every resource they have, then these days we might be better off holding our rights and doing it ourselves.
3: Yeah. And so
0: we've kind of been like, thanks, but no thanks to uh, plenty of people. Just you know, you got to play it smart. Yeah. A record deal sounds romantic, but losing your, your masters and all of your rights to your music that you worked so hard to create for nothing but a loan, Yeah, not that romantic.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's a great word you use, is a loan, and that's, I think, a lot of people, you know, 30 years ago you got a record deal, everybody assumed you were on your way. You know, you're going to be opening for Motley Crue next week. But in a lot of respects, record deals are loans, even back then, and that's why you see a lot of artists who are broke today, because they've had to pay that loan back you know pick up any autobiography from any artist who's been down that road and you know they you know, you waste so much money on tour feeding people you don't even know um yeah you might be wise you know to to hold on to that go the crowdfunding route uh and you guys certainly have the right attitude to to build the band on the road um you know you guys have got a pretty exhaustive tour schedule i'm sure there's more coming uh, is this your first trip into pittsburgh to play live
0: Uh, It is, actually. Yeah, we've been been skipping over Pittsburgh for uh, too long. So uh, we figured we ought to make
1: our debut. Awesome. Well, we look forward to seeing you guys are coming in from a week from Friday. It's uh, June 5th, I believe, or 6th. I'll double-check the date. But it's going to be great to see you guys out at the Hard Rock Cafe. And we'll really look forward to meeting you in person.
0: Yeah, we're very excited, man.
3: Thanks a lot. Pittsburgh, get ready. It's Van Halen. Live on tour. First Niagara Pavilion, July 28th, with special guest, the kenny Wayne Shepherd Band. Tickets on sale now at all Ticketmaster locations, livenation.com, or charge by phone. Van Halen,
1: Tokyo Dome in concert is available now. For VIP packages and more, check van-halen.com. All right, again, that was Tommy and of nasty habit. A big thanks to him for coming on the show. Again, those guys are going to be coming into the Hard Rock Cafe on June 5th for an Iron City Rocks show. And also, we were joined earlier by Stefan Hauser of Cello's. Uh, you can check out their website as well. I want to thank you for listening. You can visit us at ironcityrocks.com. You can email us at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Also, find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, all of which are forward slash Rocks love the interaction. We try to keep uh, fresh information daily and not just regurgitate the same things you'll see on many of the other rock and metal news sites. So if you're looking for something kind of different, kind of unique, we'd appreciate you checking us out. Also the podcast is on iTunes. There are 269 episodes prior to this. If you like rock, metal, all genres of metal, classic rock. Uh, We've even had a couple artists that have blurred the line into country and certainly southern rock. So Try to spread it all around. We're not just a metal show. We're not just a rock show. We're trying to give you a great blend of all kinds of different things. We invite you to check out the podcast on iTunes, or you can find a link to it on ironcityrocks.com. So until next time, we thank you for listening.